Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. And let me welcome uh, to the Madison Show, Dr. Cameron Webb. Thank you so much for one, uh, and 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 thank the people over there at the White House for reaching out to us. This, I tell you, this news of this pause of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine has been the talk of this entire issue. Um, and and Doctor Webb, sure has. Yeah, and and, and uh, let me let me ask you, what does it mean? When 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 a pause happens, what and and why did it happen? Sure. Well, first, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's good to be be on and share just a little bit more information about what's going on. And so, you know, if, if you haven't heard yet, the idea was that uh, currently the the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the Food and Drug Administration. Uh, Stated yesterday, put out a statement that they're going to pause on on administering the Johnson and Johnson vaccine in the setting of these six reported cases of a pretty rare and severe type of blood clot that uh, individuals had uh, after. And this is, you know, different ranges, six days to to you know a couple of weeks after receiving the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So the first thing I'll say about the pause is that it was really just an abundance of caution. This administration has made it really clear. We, we always want to be transparent with folks. We're putting people's health in front of uh, our pride, certainly, and, and appearances. It's most important to keep people safe. And, and I think that this is just that. It's, it's just a matter of being transparent and being really safe, really cautious while we investigate what's going on and if these cases are linked in any way to the vaccine. And so, you know, in the meantime, we want to want to hold off on administering more vaccine. We've done over 7.2 million doses so far, but we're going to hold off on any more until uh, until we get to the bottom of it. Now, I should also point out in introducing uh, Dr. Cameron Webb, he's senior policy advisor on the White House COVID-19 response team. Uh, so here's the, the Johnson & Johnson um is is that the one dose vaccine? It is. It is. So we have three approved vaccines right now. You know, Pfizer and Moderna are those mRNA uh, vaccines, and so they work yeah. a little bit differently. A newer technology. The Johnson and Johnson vaccine is the single dose vaccine. It's a what's called a viral vector vaccine, and so um, works a little bit differently. Uh, you know, and it, it was the most recent one to receive emergency use authorization. Um, but, you know, the, the data showed us it's, it's very safe, very effective uh, at preventing death and hospitalization. And so when we heard about these, you know, again, administered 7.2 million doses, but we heard about these six cases and we wanted to really dig in and, and figure out what's going on. Is there, do you have or do you know when the pause might be lifted? We don't know yet. I mean, the thought is that we're going to move pretty pretty thoughtfully on this. So you never want to say we're going to move quickly, but with all deliberate speed, we're going to make sure that we're we're uh, gathering the necessary information, really doing a deep dive into these different cases, really look for any other cases, actively look for other cases. Uh, in the, and, and it's possible that in the coming days or weeks, you know, if we do find additional cases, uh, it, because it's a pretty rare kind of blood clot, it, it's uh, called a cerebral venous sinus thrombosis. It does not happen uh, very often. And so, you know, we're going to be looking for, for more cases of this, but it's not just that clotting. It's also that these folks had low platelet count. So we want to see what's going on. And, and as soon as we get some more information, as soon as we can 
you know, uh, make sure that we can identify it quickly, give some good guidance to anybody who's administering the vaccine, because I want to be clear, this, this, uh, these are, are happening at an extremely rare rate, even within the vaccine administration program. So 7.2 million doses with six cases, it's incredibly rare. So yeah. even if we do resume, we just want to make sure that all providers know exactly what to look for if this is, in fact, a side effect of the vaccine. Now, a lot of people around the country, particularly in minority communities, had signed up for the uh, Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Uh, with this pause, what would, what's your recommendation? Should they wait until the pause has been lifted, or should they go after uh, the other, uh, another vaccine? Yeah, you know what I what I've been saying, and I'm an I'm an internal medicine doctor. You know, I I take care of patients, and and what I tell my patients, what I tell my community, what I tell folks all the time is take the first vaccine that's available to you. That's really important, right? I mean, we have cases rising in certain parts of the country, and these vaccines are designed to to keep folks from dying or being hospitalized. And disproportionately, Black communities have been hit hard by this pandemic. And so, you know, the the best advice is always take the first vaccine that's available to you. Um, now, if if folks had some reason why they're not able to come back for a second shot, well, that's a little bit different. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say wait for Johnson and Johnson to be unpaused. We we don't know exactly what's going to happen here happen, right. and what the ultimate decision will be. So get get vaccinated. That's the most important thing is to stay safe. And we know that we've got you know, between the two of them, we've got more than enough doses, more than enough supply uh, by the end of, of May for, you know, 300 million uh, Americans to be vaccinated. So so we can, you know, we'll have enough between Pfizer and Moderna to cover everybody. Don't wait. Make sure you get yourself vaccinated. Okay. And, and, and also, uh, this is this comes up a lot in discussion. Do people with COVID antibodies need to get vaccinated? Yeah, you're you're, uh, you're hitting on one of the most common questions I get all the time, and and our recommendation is yes. You know, we we our thought is that with COVID vaccination, um, we we have a better sense of how long those antibodies last, how as we say durable those antibodies are. So it is still valuable to get vaccinated, um, and and I think that that's really important. I think that for folks who um, who've had a COVID infection previously, we've seen folks get reinfected within three months sometimes, right, about three months. But with COVID vaccination, the studies are showing us that, that uh, the, immunolo- the, the, the response, immunologic response, lasts for at least six months and, and, and looks like longer. And so, you know, there's some, some value to getting vaccinated even still. So we're still encouraging folks who have previously had COVID to go ahead and get vaccinated. Uh, you know, that uh, some people uh, are asking um, about side effects. Uh, you know, I had the, what did we have, the Pfizer. I had the Pfizer. Um, you know, my wife, our executive producer here, she had, we both went at the same time. Um, no problems. Uh, you know, I have a good friend of mine, B.B. Wine, and says the only reason I had problems because I'm just mean and no, <laughs> he was joking. Um, and and but look, the, 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 why do we know why certain people have side effects and 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 others don't? We we don't at this time. We don't know who's more likely to have 
some side effects. And remember, what we're referring to when we say side effects broadly, because I also had the Pfizer vaccine, and you know, usually the most common side effect is just some some pain at the site where you got the shot. You know, some people will have some muscle aches or some, right. some joint aches, uh, but for some people, they'll have a little bit more fatigue or they'll have a fever, and usually that's what we're referring to when people say side yeah, effects. Yeah, that's what happened. That's, that's what happened to me. I yeah. ended up. I, I had a fever. I had fatigue, uh, yeah. but it went away. I had a headache. Day, usually, it went away. That yeah, yeah. And so, and so, we don't know exactly who. You know, my wife and I also went and got vaccinated at the same time. She's an emergency doctor, and so we both been on the front lines. It was important for us to get vaccinated. But what was interesting is she had a fever and some fatigue, and I and I didn't. And we joked that well, I guess her immune system works better than mine because it's, it's <laughs> ready to fight from COVID. You know, so so you never really know exactly why, but it's just important to note that those are normal and anticipated side effects of vaccination, and they go away within 24 to 36 hours. So shouldn't be something for folks to be worried about. All right. So, so the the bottom line in all of this is that there were six there were six cases of and, and a death that occurred uh, as it relates to blood clot. But there have been seven million plus vaccines. This pause is out of uh, for caution. This is caution, and 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 that's the bottom line. This is but and 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 if you were in line to get vaccinated with the, uh, Johnson and Johnson then go for another vaccine. Don't put it off and wait because you quite honestly, you just don't know how long the pause will last and you need to be vaccinated. That That's right. So the, there are six cases. We're investigating them. It's an abundance right. of caution. Uh, right. And then the, with regard to other vaccines, uh, keep in mind that the state and federal government are going to work hard to help folks reschedule appointments if they are, are going to have to miss one for Johnson & Johnson because we still okay. want them to get rescheduled quickly to get a Pfizer or Moderna shot. So so we'll, we'll be working closely with folks to get that done. But the, the message remains, uh, you know, get vaccinated. This is a, a shot of hope for our community, so it's really important for us. I, and I, I, um, I, I, I'm, I have to ask this question, although I'm very reluctant to do so, only because I respect your time and your profession and, and your knowledge. But I just heard where Tucker Carlson suggested that the vaccines don't work and the government's not telling people that. I, your response, if you want to respond. My response is that I'm a scientist and the science tells me that the vaccines do work. So I can't speak for Mr. Carlson, the source of his information, but in peer-reviewed journals, deep dives into the thousands of folks, now millions of people who've been vaccinated, the vaccines do work. They do prevent hospitalization. They do prevent death. And as somebody who's worked in the coronavirus unit and watched people get really sick and eventually die from COVID, and then I've seen those numbers sharply decrease, especially among the 75% of older adults who's received at least one dose, I can tell you this, it worked for them. And it'll continue to work for our communities. So uh, some people are spreading disinformation and misinformation. And that's harmful. It's harmful when that gets spread around. But we're going to do everything we can to fight that with science and with truth. And and I always tell people, look, my mama got that vaccine. There's no way I'm going to ever, with all of my scientific background and knowledge, there's no way I'm going to ever encourage my mama to get vaccinated with something that doesn't work or could harm her. So that's, and for most folks, they're like, that's the truth I needed. <laughs> I got you. Hey, doctor, I, I so appreciate Dr. Webb coming on. 
And I hope we can call on you again as these questions come up. And uh, thank you for, uh, again, the people over there for reaching out and for, to this audience because it, it's important they hear the information. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You be well. Oh, you too. People say, what does a pause mean? It really allows both the FDA and the CDC to further investigate these cases to try and understand uh, some of the mechanisms of what it is, some more details about the history of the individuals who are involved that might shed some light on looking forward, what will happen and what we will do. My uh, next guest related to this topic is Dr. Natasha Williams, who is a behavioral research scientist and assistant professor at NYU School of Medicine, uh, trained in public health, uh, public education, health disparities research. And uh, she was with us yesterday. We had an excellent town hall meeting, as I mentioned, uh, for in-house Sirius XM employees, well over 1,300 employees joined the town hall meeting. And uh, Dr. Dr. Natasha Williams, I thank you. We, I know we called you at the last minute to, to, uh, to be on, but I couldn't think of anyone else I want to talk to uh, about this because when you hear this announcement, there's a, a, a agree or disagree, lots of concerns. Then there's going to be a whole lot on social media, and we've got to separate truth from fiction. Um, we just heard from Dr. Uh, Cameron Webb, who uh, said, look, if you were scheduled to get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, it is on pause. We don't know how long. Um but do not hesitate to get another vaccine. You would agree? Yes, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I, I absolutely would agree with that. And one of the things that I said yesterday was that if you actually made it to the point where you were scheduled to get a vaccine, you've made an enormous step, right? So you, you are ready to go. You took action. And I think it's important for you to follow through. And so you may not be able to get this Johnson & Johnson vaccine for the reasons that have been discussed, but it's certainly possible for you to still be able to get one of the other vaccines that are currently available. And, and there are people who may be asking, is one more effective than the other? And, you know, I'm hearing, well, one is 75% effective, one is 90% effective. And the one thing I've learned <clears throat> in this whole situation is there's there's no vaccine that's 100% effective, correct? That's right. That's absolutely right. Uh, and so if you look at the data for Pfizer and Moderna, it's very minor differences when it comes to the efficacy of those vaccines. Johnson & Johnson was, was slightly lower uh, than the other two, but it was still much greater than what we would generally see with vaccines overall. So there was enormous data to support the use of that particular vaccine. And I, I think what people should remember is let's take a step back and look at this from the advantage. The advantage is, is that everyone is saying, let's pause, let's look at the data for this one particular vaccine and then reassess, right? But all of these vaccines have been a part of global trials. They are not only conducted in the United States. 
These are global trials. And so there is enormous data for the scientists and researchers to review over time, and they're constantly reviewing the data. And that actually is the good news, because I think what could have happened if they did not say let's take a pause, people would be up in arms about this. Why mm -hmm. didn't anyone stop the trial sooner or stop the distribution of the vaccines much earlier? So there is some good news here, and I think it's a good thing that they are taking a pause, but we want to continue to make progress with the other vaccines that's available to the public. Now, if you don't mind, I've got some callers uh, uh, and I, that were on the line, and they may have a question since I have you. Uh, hey, Doug, you're on with Dr. Natasha Williams. Uh, go ahead. You called. I imagine you have a question or a concern. Go ahead. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. Thanks. Um, good morning. Uh, good morning. I, I, had a, I had a question about how the, uh, the Johnson Johnson vaccine with these sort of one-in-a-million effects that they found how does that how does that compare to other drugs that we're used to? Is is that an unusual number of, of bad effects, or is that something that's more typical that we'd see? Doctor, I, I can would, we go yeah, ahead? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, that's a great question. Yeah, it's it's really excellent. I mean, one of the things that we talked about yesterday is that you know we do expect to see some side effects with vaccines so that's not un unusual um i think in this particular case there are some components that's pretty unique the fact that it's among women all women um is something i think unusual and that is something worth um exploring and the also that it's one particular side effect they all had the same thing so but i think overall with vaccines, we do expect to see um, different levels of side effects. Uh, I.D., uh, I believe, from Maryland is a first-time caller. Uh, thank you. Your question or comment for Dr. Natasha Williams. Good morning. I was calling. I had the Johnson & Johnson vaccine back on March 25th. I am a person with blood clots, and I am on blood thinners, but I am over the age of 48. My question is, and I believe the Dr. Webb answered it, should I be a person that's concerned with anything going on? So I don't know what uh, Dr. Webb said, and I, don't, I hope that I don't contradict, you know, what he said. But I would think given the time period that you would not be an individual that should be concerned because it's well over 13 days, um, which is when this sort of um, outbreak happened with those particular individuals. Um, but more importantly, regardless of what I say or, or Dr. Webb says, if you are concerned, then I would speak to my medical provider. Yeah, and and but we had a doctor from Florida who called in, uh, uh, ID, and said that, that was and Dr. Williams is, was right on. Uh, that called yes. in and said that thirteen day window. If you're yes. beyond and you are beyond that thirteen yes. days, then you, you you shouldn't have any concerns. But then yes, Dr. She did. Williams, she, she said exactly what he said. So okay, I'm good. Yes, Thank that's you right. So much. Yeah, and All and right. by the way, if you still have any questions, then contact your uh, primary care physician. I did just that as well. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Uh, hey, Christopher, uh, whoops, Christopher hung up That just as I was getting ready to go to Christopher. I guess maybe he had to go. Um, <clears throat> so what's, what is your 
your bottom line uh, with with all of this, um, uh, 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 Dr. Williams, because, you know, once again, it, this is, and yesterday we talked about this, it, this is the trust factor. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get this, people get frightened, they, they don't know what to do. Um, what's the bottom line? What do you tell uh, while, while you're doing research and focus groups? What are you telling people? That, that's a great, great question, and I can tell you also what we are training our community health workers, our laypersons who are doing a lot of the education in the community uh, in New York City. We are telling people that overall the vaccines are efficacious, and we are telling people that in order for us to get to herd immunity, whether it's 70 or 80 or 90%, that it is important for us to to get vaccinated. Vaccines are safe, but people have concerns. They have a right to have concerns and they have a right to ask questions. They can ask their medical doctors about these questions and hear their concerns uh, be addressed in, in that format. But also more importantly, this is a pandemic As we all know, we've all been impacted in one shape or another, particularly for black, African-American, Hispanic, and Latino communities. We have been devastated by this. We have experienced a reduction in life expectancy. Despite the years of gains in life expectancy that we've experienced, we are now going backwards because Hmm. of this pandemic. Hmm. For the country overall, this is now the third leading cause of death. Really? The third leading cause of death. Early data, it may change, but early data is demonstrating that this is now the third leading cause of death. Number one, wait a minute. Now, can I, let me interrupt you. This is the first I've heard of this. What's number one and number two? Heart disease and cancer. That has remained, remained the same. So we are now ahead, because of COVID-19, ahead of unintentional injuries and stroke. Now, next year, that may change. Right. But that's really the take-home message. Yeah. So we want to be in a position where we can reduce hospitalizations, reduce the number of deaths. And as I've mentioned, this is impacting black and brown communities more and more each day. So we have a tool, and that particular tool happens to be the vaccine. There are other public health measures that we know have been working to help reduce the spread, but when it comes to reduction of hospitalizations, the severity of the illness, and death, the tool is the vaccine. Is <clears throat> how, how much of this... Um... This new status, uh, and I hate to use that word, is due to racial disparity. Because we, you, you research this a lot. Um, do African Americans get the same treatment when they go to the hospital? When they go to the the uh, uh, the doctor? That's a that's a great question, um, and it's it's something that we can talk about <laughs> several different shows. But when it comes to dealing with COVID, out of NYU, our researchers have found that 
when African Americans and minority communities make it to the hospital, at least in the data and what we've analyzed and they've analyzed in New York City, when they make it to the hospital, they do just as well as their white counterparts. The key component there, Joe, is getting them to the hospital. The reasons why we may choose not to go to the hospital we know are varied. It may have a lot to do with access to a hospital. It may have to do with past experiences with the healthcare system, trust in physicians and providers, and so forth. But the key is when they arrive at the hospital, they are receiving equal treatment. Tony from Louisiana, <clears throat> the last question. And again, let me thank uh, Dr. Natasha Williams, um, uh, who is a behavioral research scientist and assistant professor at NYU Me- uh, School of Medicine for responding to our call as quickly as she did. Tony from Louisiana, you're, you've got the final question. Tony? Oh, that's my fault. Go ahead, Tony. Good morning. I have a question about I have a, my, my aunt took a Moderna shot, and then she came back and took a Pfizer. And I asked her, why did they do that to her? And she, she, she said that's what they gave her. Is there any problem with that, Ms. Williams? Wow. That's a great question. Um, to my knowledge, I am not aware of people or recommendations for you to get two different types of vaccines. The recommendation is the vaccine that you receive for the first dose should be the same vaccine that you receive uh, for the second dose. That is the recommendation. Well, yes, ma'am. And where I'm from, I've, I've talked to a pediatrician and I've talked to uh, uh, another um, uh, nurse practitioner, and they say they didn't understand it either. So I, is there any data saying that any, anybody sick died with that, doing that? Not to my knowledge. I haven't seen anything uh, about taking two different types of vaccines, to be honest. I really haven't. But I would recommend going back to the facility if she really, you know, is concerned and if that really, uh, you know, did happen. You know, but what you raised, though, is another important point. And I, I tried to bring this up yesterday during the SiriusXM town hall. That is, we have put from a public health standpoint, because I do a lot around health education and health communication, we have put too much emphasis on the branding of these vaccines, right? So it's certainly possible that she did receive the same vaccine for both doses, but we've put so much emphasis on the branding of the vaccines. We never ask about the type of vaccine that we receive if we get the flu vaccine or if we give our children the chickenpox vaccine or measles. We never do that. So we need to stop emphasizing these vaccines and know really whether you got the two dose or the one dose. That really is the main difference between these vaccines right now. And and I get, let me ask this of you, Tony. As, as your, is this your aunt you're talking about or your mother? <clears throat> Oh, my aunt. She's like a mother to me, Joe. That's okay, the I, I got, got. that. So I, I, I got concerned. it, Tony. I got Tony. Slow down. I got it. Has she had any side effects whatsoever? No, not at this time, Joe. Not that she explained to me. So no. Okay, that, then thumbs up That's on that. Insane. And how long? And how long ago was that? Uh, she got a last shot about two weeks ago. Okay. All right. Well, you know, sounds like it sounds like she but, you know, it sounds like she'll be okay. But you know what? 
it's good that you asked that question because um, that's the first that that's the first time I've had anybody call and say they mixed the vaccine. I that I've never I've never heard of that, but. Um, uh, but I would go, you know, you ought to call the facility uh, where it had happened, find out why they did that, and just for your own comfort level. Thanks for your call. Yes, doctor, Doctor. yeah, please do that, and, and let them explain it to you, because that's interesting. Uh, doctor Williams, thank you so much, and appreciate so much. One, yesterday you taking the time to... Uh, to be with us and certainly responding to our call early this morning. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I hope that this has been helpful for the audience. Oh, I, I believe me, it, it has. And appreciate it. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.